Hello and welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour live this Wednesday night ahead of the Vikings-Eagles game on Thursday night football. Um, yeah, and by the way, this show and all other shows are sponsored by Lake Monster Brewing, Eastside Jiu-Jitsu, and that's badass. Wood Art. Remember to use promo code CTPOCKET for 20% off any one item at that'sbadasswoodart.com. And while you're at it, don't forget to like and subscribe to the YouTube channel and anywhere you get your podcasts. Um, the season's just beginning, and if Sunday's game is any indication, there's going to be a lot to talk about all season long. Um, and that could continue with tomorrow night's game versus the Eagles. Um, and the news today that Garrett Bradbury is out for tomorrow's game. So obviously the the, the Philadelphia Eagles have an absurd defensive line filled with Jalen Carter, you know Jordan Davis, Fletcher Cox. I mean, even their linebackers with Nolan Smith are legit uh pass rushers and can get to the quarterback miles how concerned are you first of all how are you and then second of all how concerned are you with uh with this this news of bradbury being out going against a daunting d line yeah i mean i'm i'm doing good by the way i hope you're doing well too um i mean it's obviously concerning like jalen carter came out his first game as an nfl you know rookie and at eight pressures from the interior. I think that's, that's crazy. Like, yeah. Um, like that in itself just scares you because if he can come in and make an impact like that um, from the jump, I mean, we don't have anybody in the interior that you're like, really can like pride yourself on like, ah, oh, man, we got that guy. So we're like, we'll be okay. Like, no, we don't have those guys. So you already get rid of your starter. The right guard was probably wasn't as bad as he was. Play- it was laid out to be, but he obviously wasn't as good either. Like he was bad. Like, yeah. I'm not going to I'm not going to sit sit here and say he was like the worst guard in, in football, but he was pretty like Can I ask wasn't you a question that on that? Yeah, yeah. Cuz he was interviewed after uh, it was sometime after the game and he was like, "Yeah, I think I played a good game." Do you like do you believe <laughs> you're good by the way? Um yeah. Do you believe that uh he <laughs> Do you believe that he actually believes he had a good game or do you think he's just saying that kind of stuff just to I don't know get folks off his back um I bet you there are some well the hard part is we aren't in the meeting rooms when they go over the film and they go over the grades yeah um because their grades obviously aren't PFS specific I know kids right um their grades aren't PFFs I did just go tell him to ask his mom um if you have a great they're not they're like yeah they probably i know i know teams use pff but like obviously coaches grade their own players their own position the position coaches grade their own players performances so um my hope in that case is that like the coach graded him better than what a pff did or even just like what the outside perspective is now that doesn't mean that he was better than we think he was but he might have been better in some of his assignments than we knew what they could have been and so like those 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 little things but Overall, I'm not like, like he's supposed to say he thought he had a okay game. Like, I mean, I would hope he'd still want to talk about wanting to improve and do those types of things, blah blah blah. But um, overall, like, I don't, I guess I don't really have an issue with it because it's like he's supposed to try to be confident. Yeah, at least to the outward, you know, public. Um, how he is internally is completely different. But like, I have no issues with him saying that. Yeah, and like, and like you kind of alluded to too. I don't think the game was like horrible from him it wasn't great but uh people are going to look at what dan's calling out in the comments here that it was the fumble really like ingram can have his flaws but but that fluke fumble where he just punches it out from kirk um taking it from under center center that is uh that's that's not that's not going to bode well with fans so well it's that it was that fumble there's a stunt he completely missed that led to kirk getting beaten up well, that D line can't pick up, or that offensive line can't pick up stunts anyway. No, they they couldn't last but year. They, but Ingram just, excuse me, he just seems to fall on his back more than you'd like it. Like offensive lineman ending up on the ground is not an uncommon thing, but he seems to end up on his back. And I think those are <laughs> those are times where like, you don't want to be on your back. That's the right. So let's go back to you know Bradbury being out. We talked about the 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 people on Philadelphia's offensive or defensive line here. I looked it up. I looked up how they performed last week. Obviously the big name is Jalen Carter, uh, but 23 pressures last week, three sacks, five QB hits. And if the defensive line doesn't get to you, 
their secondary had five pass breakups and an interception. This team has, I mean, they we, we talked about it in our show on Monday morning, but this team has just got to come out firing on Thursday night. And I guess my my question to you is how do you even how do you even start to attack this defense? I mean, I, I think you're going to have to build in more uh, quick game. You're going to have to get the ball out quick. How they run the ball, I don't know. <laughs> like that's, I guess, what we might see this year is like we we've heard them talk about wanting to run the ball. I don't expect them to be able to run the ball that well against this team. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you need to get into second. Like if you're going to run the ball in first down, you need to get into like se- second and seven, second and six. You can't always be in second and eight, nine, ten. Like you have to get three plus yards a pop if you want to have sustained drives um, on the on the ground. And then you obviously want to stay in, in front of the change as, as chains as much as much as you can. Um, but then at the same time, yeah, I think quick games, the, the best op- opportunity to at least get the ball in your playmakers hands, not allow their their disruptive pass rush to like get home as quickly because you're getting the ball out of your hands. Um, and you're not putting your you're, you're, you're putting your offensive line in a better situation, too, because you're getting the ball out of Kirk's hands and you're protecting your quarterback from getting hit as as often as, you know, than as he did last week, or just like what you would expect it, an Eagles team to do to this offensive line if they let him sit back and try to drop back and have deep deep drops and deep uh, comp route combinations and those things. So, um, yeah, I, I think quick game is probably your best route. Um, and and like a lot of bunch sets, a lot of like moving the formation um, and and the quick game. Like I think those are the ways to do it without. Three step drops, no tight end screens yet. No tight end. I'm cool with no tight end screens. No more tight end screens. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like three step drops. I think um, a lot of the uh, Justin Jefferson, the quick glance routes, he, he's good at. Like the Eagles like to play man coverage. And I would assume, like they did against the Vikings last year, they're probably going to put Slay on, on Jefferson all over the field and then and bracket covered him um, and then dare anybody else to beat you. But this time, you have a TJ Hawkinson and a Jordan Addison. Whereas last year it was Irv Smith, who I know folks will bring up the drop, the really the drop pass um, <laughs> that could have potentially been that. a touchdown. I know, right? I just saw it on the timeline the other day. I think that's what that like reminded me of it. But then, then you have KJ Osborne as like your third receiver. So like you have better weapons now than you did this time last year when you played the Eagles. So the hope is you can help mitigate some of those DBs um, because they were the way they destroyed like JJ in the in the offense last year was pretty embarrassing because you thought you'd be able to pass on them more and you weren't. So, so yeah, so hopefully you can kind of get the ball out of Kirk's hands and just get the ball into the playmaker's hands a little bit um, more often. The the buzzword this week is. Uh... <laughs> I like that. That's a good comment. I like that. Um, the buzzword this week is concern, panic mode, panic button, whatever you want to say. Um, and so I guess the question I'm going to post to you is probably a little bit different than what you would expect but given what we saw on monday night with aaron Rodgers and the jets and they watched how quickly that super bowl opportunity vanished in front of them because the offensive line could not protect um how how much panic do you think quasi and kevin o'connell have given what they saw last week with how many times kirk got hit and then heading into this week do you think they are getting close to hitting that that panic button in the in the fact that maybe they're they're gonna go make a move or do you really think that maybe they just let Ed Ingram and whoever else kind of ride this season out on the offensive line and let Kirk continue to get beat? I don't I don't think you can react I like the coaches and front office can't react the same way that us fans can in the one week the sky's falling the next week like Oh, we're gonna win the division. Like we're, you know, we're like a, a playoff caliber, like ready team. Like those if things. We win way, this week. We're doing. We're we're right. calling for the Super Bowl. Hundred percent. Like, and that that'll <laughs> happen, right? We'll be like, oh, the last blah blah blah. Like all the all the things in the world will change the complete narrative of what people thought after Sunday. So like, and that's like as a fan, you're allowed to do that. But like, they're not. Their jobs are like it's way more. There's way more to it for their jobs than just like riding a wave every week. Like yeah. they have to find that consistency. Um, but also like you use the first few weeks to kind of determine where you feel your team is, whether that's injuries, whether that's performance, whether that's like, do you have any viable potential options behind the starters? If they're not playing well, like those are the things that they kind of got to get away, get through. Um, but they need a few weeks to determine that. And now 
the hard part is with Ed Ingram, I know he's always the hot button here, but like, are they willing There's to actually one? Right. Right. And it's him. This it's the last two years, but like, would the Vikings be actually willing to like replace him? And like, those are the questions that we don't, we don't know. Cause obviously last year they weren't, they wanted him to go through the growing pains. They were obviously winning games. So like it, it didn't rear its head the way it might now, but at the same time, it's like, are they willing to actually do that? Are they willing to bring in somebody? Is Chris Reed coming back? Like, I get, we don't know those things. Um, but even if Chris Reed does come back, are they willing to actually like put in somebody new um, and, and try that, try the, those new options? So we'll see. Like, I don't, I don't know. And I know everybody's all about Dalton Reisner and I, I think he'd be, it'd be great to sign him, but that dude could, could have signed with 32 other teams at this point And he hasn't. So my question is why? Is it just money? Is it just opportunity? Um, he's 26. So at that age, you would think that he would sign a deal, even if it was a, I'm, I'm sure he wants more than the vet min, minimum, but like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Like he's still out there. And like he, he, the one other thing I want to bring up to, to that is he's not going to save this season. Like that's just <laughs> as much as I, I think Dalton Reisner is a, you know, a solid player. Um, I think he's better than Ed, Ed Ingram. And that's, I know it's not saying a lot, but like, it's not so much that you're like you're going to save a season because you got a, a guard that hasn't played football in six months who's been at home. I know he's been working out in those things, but like wasn't in training camp, hasn't done the conditioning to in practices and in, in, in preseason games and those things. So it's really hard to just say, oh, that guy's going to come in and save the day. Um, but if you were to bring him in, at least you have somebody that you could get up to speed and hopefully in a few weeks, you know, maybe he he is that replacement, but they haven't. They haven't chosen to do that to date, so hard to kind of put put anything on them for that. Yeah, and the big thing with with the Dalton Reisner connection is 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 only because of the offensive line coach Chris Cooper. Um, there's that well, I connection think, with him in the Brown or the Broncos. I there, think there's there, that connection, but I also a think talent aspect too. Well, yeah, right, and I think the Vikings were definitely like you. The, Ronald Darby was the guy they brought in just as like a a visit. They brought in Kareem Hunt. Like I think they're just a team that. Hey, why are these guys still free agents in in August and in those types of things? And let's see, bring them in and just like see what what the situation is, what what the dollars look like, all that stuff. And so I think as a, I think any team should be doing their due diligence with any, you know, NFL level talent player that's on the street right now because you might need that you might need that position um, today or in two weeks from now or three weeks from now. Um. First, I just want to say thank you to everyone who's in the mm-hmm. chat here this evening. Uh, oh, here he is. We just got our third guy, Ryan, coming back from his Costco visit yeah. on a Wednesday night. <laughs> Before it's we only, that, oh, only free night of the week. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad. Well, kind of free because I guess we got this. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but for those in the chat, thank you for watching and being in the comments. Keep firing off some questions for us. We'll, we'll be here for a, a little bit longer. Um, and also, if you if you haven't yet, go follow Vikes Insider on Twitter, on Instagram. Dude does, pushes out great content for Vikings news. If you want to know PFF grades, injury updates, who's in, who's out, you know, you name it. He's got it. So go follow him over on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Ryan, we were we just kind of talked all about the offensive line. We already praised Baker, so we're just kind of done with that conversation. Um, I'm sure you guys did. <laughs> hey, I actually do have a question for you. Oh, what do you yeah. think about uh, Miles? Just doesn't want to rehash Sunday's game because we've already done it this week. But we've done it twice. <laughs> but I do. But, but the comment came out today of um, Baker reading the signals of the Vikings defenders. You guys buying that garbage? No, I think that I mean maybe, but like, but like, like, and and here's me, here's me loving Baker, right? But like, what did he do with that information? Like, yeah, he played better in the second half. Yeah, that's my point. It's not like they like went and he went nuts in the second half, right? Like he, you know, I think they put up ten points, and yeah, I mean, they made a couple more plays in the second half than they did in the first half, but that was about it. What I will say about him in that game is he, in my opinion, he wanted it more. Like it just seemed like he wanted it more than, uh, than, than Kirk did. Right. Like he made the right plays. He's lowering his shoulder. I mean, dude, he laid out. I I wouldn't say he laid out, but he's lowering his shoulder. He's, he's stiff arming by, uh, you know, Byron Murphy. Like, 
He's he, he made the plays he needed to make to win that game, and How, that Kirk did not make. Did you cheer when he got that first down? Be honest. No, I mean honestly, and and you can ask my buddy. My buddy is a Bucks fan, right? That I took to the game, uh, just because his wife's wife's cousin's husband, right? So uh, took I don't him. Need to get you know, family history. <laughs> real good dude, real good dude. But like we were watching the game together, and I was giving him shit the whole game, even when Baker was doing well. Like I was like. Nah, nah, I'm not about it. But like, you know, inside of me, I was still a little happy for him. But like, I wasn't cheering actively, like out loud. But like, when he laid that, when he laid that shoulder and laid that hit, I mean, I think he was still. They it, it ended up being a fourth down for us anyway, so it's not like he did anything great with it. But when he lowered that shoulder out, I, I did get a little hype for him just because like that's gritty out of a quarterback. I like that. Like that's fire out of a quarterback that I wish our quarterback had a little bit of. <laughs> Kirk did that last year, didn't he? Yeah, like lower the shoulder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kirk. Yeah, I don't Kirk run, I remember that. Everyone got all hype about that too. Yeah, I'm just yeah. not a fan of like saying like he wanted it more than our quarterback. That's just we know that's not true. I just think he was able. Oh, to make no, the I, yeah, you're right. You're right. That's probably not the right phrasing. Um, no, you said it. You're yeah, I don't No, know. but I, I I agree with you. He did what he needed to do to, to close the game out at the end. Like. Yeah. He made the plays he needed to at the end to close it. So like that, that I have no issue with it's, but yeah. um, yeah. Baker yeah. Wanted it more is probably not the right phrasing. You're right, Miles. It's, but like, yeah, he just, he just showed like a toughness. And again, it's not like Kirk maybe even had the opportunities to do that. Right. It's not like he was scrambling like Baker was, but yeah. Hey, hit, was, up, uh, hit up, hit up the Mannings for us. We'll get it. We'll, we'll hop on. Dude, I, yeah. we could do it one night. I would totally do it. I'm not doing it. Yeah. Yep. There you go. Dream is already dead. Yeah, have the fun, most short lived idea. I would do a Manning cast. I think that would be fun. <laughs> then do it. I, w- I can't do it without you. What? Oh my gosh. Get off the comments, Ryan. All right. So let's keep talking about tomorrow night's game. <laughs> let's uh, never get any access. <laughs> I know. I, I can I can take it away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so we, we did kind of talk about the the defensive line. Ryan, what are you kind of looking for, at least from the Vikings perspective, as we head into tomorrow night's game? Just given that, I think most people probably are counting us out already. Yeah, you know, I uh, again, if, if we're talking defensive line, I mean, uh, like I'm, I'm assuming you're asking about our defensive line against their strong offensive line. You know, they, they struggled a bit I against the – we can. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> the, I was going to say the Eagles offensive line struggled a little bit against the, the Patriots. Now, granted, you know, Patriots have a pretty strong defense and, and they probably have a few more players up front, specifically in that front seven than we do. But – I, th- I think there's opportunities here. I don't know if you know my my guy, my uh, my boy uh, Lane Johnson, if he's slipping maybe a bit. Uh, my Alada, I, I don't. I again, I didn't watch the Eagles game like very closely to like analyze this per se, but it did. It did seem like the Patriots did get after Jalen Hurts quite a bit, and when they did, he played quite poorly. I think he had like a Q, uh, like a QBR or whatever it is of like two point seven when he was mm. pressured. So it's like, so that goes in our favor if Flores decides to get a bit more aggressive than he did that first game, which I thought like there Well, the but, Eagle uh, Patriots game, not to give them excuses, but there was a lot of rain that to like to start that game too. Yeah. Oh, was it? That might've, that, yeah. So that might've played a, at least a part in the, in the sure. first part of the game of how, of how things started. And that affected a lot of teams, right? Like all, all the, you know, the Giants game was, you know, like that as well and whatnot. So, yeah, I mean, that could play into it for sure as well. But I think there's going to be some opportunity there. I don't th- like, again, I don't view the Patriots Patriots as this like great team. And if Keishon Booty could figure out how to put his feet in bounds, like, and, and not to like talk shit on him because I – I could never do what he does, but I mean, these were two plays by him could have kept their drives going, including the very last play of the game, uh, which would have put them at the 10 yard line with a chance to win with under a minute left. And, and he just couldn't get that second toe in. So, um, so like, I don't view these Patriots team as like a great team and they took the Eagles to the, to the brink. Now, again, as Miles said, weather maybe played a factor. First game jitters plays a factor. First time, um, I, I don't know the Eagles situation, but I know they have two new offensive and defensive coordinators respectively there. So like, 
there, there might've just been some difference there that, that they're shaking, you know, shaking out the cobwebs, so to speak a bit from that perspective. But I, I'm feeling more optimistic than I probably should be going into this game personally. My, my and, I, and, and I don't think we're a great team by any means. I just don't think that the Eagles showed out last game. So maybe that's just me. Uh, they, they're, uh, what's that called? When you, they, they're hustling me. They're hustling me. <laughs> I, I do think that uh, week ones are just typically fluky in the NFL just because, you know, some teams are a little rusty to start um, and you just really don't know what to prepare for entirely. That being said, um, we definitely should have won on Sunday and the Eagles actually did win on Sunday. But can you imagine but, if the if the Bears beat the Bucks this weekend? It's gonna be and we lose too. I think that'd just make it all like oh. <laughs> Well, we can talk about that because uh I mean at what at what point do you guys start to get concerned and and th- I'm the optimist of the group here, but at what point do you start getting concerned about just this team in general, because you lose tomorrow, you're Owen two. you come home, you play the chargers with uh, Kellen Moore's the new offensive coordinator, Justin Herbert. They have a lot of weapons too. They got a nice rookie they put receiver. Up a lot of, they put up a lot of points. Yeah. They the went, Dol- I know they didn't win, the but they, they put up a lot of points. Um, Panthers. I'm not super concerned about the Panthers, but it is on the road and their defense you know, is good. I, I, I don't want to underrate their defense. I know we're going, we're getting a little further down the road, but, they're deep, like Derek Brown ate uh, uh, Chris Lindstrom f- for lunch uh, on Sunday. <laughs> There's a few plays I watched that he just he kind of he destroyed him, and uh, and like it looks like he's developing. I know he's a top ten pick, so but I think that defense in, in itself is is better than kind of like the Bucks, where like they have a lot more talent than you might even realize because the team their team isn't probably going to win a lot of games, but they have a lot of talent in one specific area, and I think their defense has. Um, t- uh, all three levels, excuse me, all three levels, talent, talent on all three levels. Well, well so that, that's what I was just about to say, too, is just about the fact that, like, we let's not overlook Carolina because we literally no, did that. We should, I mean, the, I think the, the I, Vikings I aren't was good on the show. Anybody. Right. I think I was on the show saying, like, I think it's going to be a closer game than, than, than we thought it would be, right? Like, I was the one yeah. saying it's going to be a one-score game or whatever. I thought it was going to be higher scoring, but um, – yeah, and I, Carolina, I kind of feel the same way. I, I feel probably a bit more optimistic for the Bucks and their offense than I would Carolina's mm-hmm. just because Bryce Young is still getting going and they don't have a Mike Evans and Chris Godwin like, uh, you know, uh, Adam like the Bucks do. Slander. So. I mean, no, yeah. no panic, by the way. B- born in, uh, I don't know how to say that. We're just going to call. Yeah, I don't. Boarding. I don't think any of us are going to be panicking. I mean, even after this game, no. I, I was expecting to be one and one after this game. If we're zero and two, that like that doesn't drastically change the outlook of the season. But but it does. It does. It does, I more, mean, than, yes. it does more than it should. It does more than it should. Just because it, of how it just means go. that we need to pick. We just need to pick one up where you got to steal. You got to steal one somewhere. To. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, it I don't. I, I don't want to get too far down the road with the season here, but I'm just, we'll just look at the next four games. All right, let's talk about week 17. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, if, if you're a, if, if the Vikings lose tomorrow night, they have to take one of the chargers or Panthers because you have to be, you have to have a win on the schedule to come home and, and face the chiefs. Because if you're one in four or even Owen oh five after that chiefs game, you know, damn well, Quasi's, you know, he's putting up the for sale sign. He's going to sell. At least I would. I would be trying to move guys like Daniil Hunter. I would be trying to move guys like Ezra Cleveland at, for the remainder of the season because starting 0 and 5 is it, that, well, that's tough to come back from. That that's obviously like doomsday, worst case scenario. And that's what we're um, that's what we're talking but, about. But the one thing Quasi is is Quasi understands the the numbers. So if I guarantee you, Quasi knows. The percentage of teams that have made the playoffs starting 0 and 2, 0 and 3, 0 and 4, 0 and 5, and then 1 and 3, 1 and you know, 1 and 2, 1 yeah. and 3, like all those things. Crazy knows all that stuff. So if they get if they get to a point where they feel like, hey, we hit we've hit, you know, week eight and it's the um the trade deadline and we're not in a position to like win, yeah, I think he would he would move assets. But um we'll see, we'll see what we get. Like it's an interesting season because the the start of the the season the first half of the season is really tough schedule so like 
very difficult. The 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 kind of wild part is like kind of like the 2020 2021 seasons under Zim. Um, the Vikings started off really poorly and then they turned it on in the second half. Um, and that could happen this year if the Vikings were like started one and six, two and you know, two and five, whatever the numbers ended up being. Um, and they don't sell anybody, and then they start winning, and you're like, because the, I think the the schedule the rest of the way just isn't as difficult. So it is a it's kind of one of those like weird scenarios. But you want to get a hot, you want to have a hot start. That's always a better scenario for yourself, so that you can give yourself wiggle room down the road. Yeah. But the, you know, the more those first three, four, five games, you can't get it figured out. That just makes the rest of the season even harder. Yeah, and I also think it it probably is a little bit how you lose those games too. Like Kevin O'Connell was very clear after he rewatched the tape on Sunday, like, yeah, not a whole lot of concern for me. A lot of fluky one-off mistakes that 100%. are likely not going to repeat themselves. Um, and if they do, it's probably just like one of the three and not maybe all three of them. Yeah. Sunday so. Sunday felt like the opposite of last year. Cause last year, all the, like a game, like a game, like Sunday against the bucks, the Vikings probably would have beat them by like two scores because it's just the way they were rolling last year. I know they didn't win many <laughs> games last year by more than one score, but just the way that game was going, I just don't think we, last year we were seeing the, like the crazy fumble, like some of these situations they usually, they were going the Vikings way last year, whereas Sunday they didn't. And so I think that's just kind of like a course, correct. You, mm-hmm. you know, the Vikings aren't going to have all the luck that, <laughs> that they did last year. in, in some of these situations too, um all right we don't have to keep going down the season the rabbit hole but it it is just keep it in the back of your mind um what else are you guys looking for what were you gonna say well i was gonna say should we talk like the injuries that the the eagles have so like yeah so kenneth gainwell's out they're they're starting running back i know i think they have a, a pretty good staple of running backs so like losing him is probably not fun for them but he's i think they'll they'll be okay um, but they lose their starting safety and Reed Blakenship and James Bradbury, who is a, a really good corner um, mm-hmm. who plays opposite Darius Slay. Um, and so, and then their, their depth there is really as young guys. So they got a college free agent last year, Josh Job. I think it's Job. Yep, it's Eli Job. Ricks, Eli Ricks, Keely Ringo. So like younger name guys to kind of have to come in and play a lot more snaps and against, you know, um, KJ Osborne and, and, um, Jordan Addison. So we'll see kind of how we can match up in those areas, because if we can get some quick game against the young guys and those guys can, can get some matchups like that, that could really help give the Vikings a better opportunity. I, I don't want to like sit here and talk like the Vikings are uh, um, like <laughs> an FCS team going up against a, a division one, you know, high power, power five school. Cause that's not what it is. But there are some of these situations of like, we did have good luck last year, flip. Like literally we had good luck. I didn't say that means that's, I'm not saying that's why we, we like lost the game on Sunday. I'm just, I'm not even giving an excuse. I'm just saying there are things that like went the Vikings way last year that won those one score games where they didn't on Sunday. It is not like, it is what it is. That doesn't give them an excuse to lose the game. They should have won the game. (laughs) Flip, we can bring you on the show right now. If you want to, if you want to get into it. Yeah. And I'm not trying to justify (laughs) it. He's probably in rush hour. Yeah, they should have won that game, point blank, period. But back to the Eagles game. Um, yeah, I just think there's there's a lot of opportunity. Of course it is. Of course it is, Flip. Um, uh, <laughs> but uh, I just think there's a, there's a lot of opportunity in this game to exploit some of that if if they can find find those areas because we know that Darius Slay is going to be giving some all of his attention to Jefferson. And I think Fletcher Cox might be out too. Um, I know he's questionable, questionable right now. Yeah, I uh, I, th- I thought I heard Schefter talking about. I, I thought I heard Schefter talking about the fact that he might not be playing. But I mean, behind him, what they have? Uh, they he have is questionable with a torso injury. Jalen Carter. Is. They have Milton Williams. They have Jordan, Jordan Davis. Davis. I mean, they got they got plenty of depth. If the, if Fletcher their pass, well, their missed. their pass rushing rushing group is just ridiculous. And then our offensive lines in shambles a bit. Uh, it looks like Bradbury is going to be out for sure. He's been declared out. And uh, Schefter said that he's leaning toward um, the fact that Darasaw likely will not play. Yeah, I think the Darasaw oh, news scares that? I me that. more. I, I, I didn't hear I, that either. Yeah. But... NFL Live, I think he said it, but I don't. Okay. I think the Darasaw thing scares me more than Bradbury because I actually thought Austin Schlotman played decent last week. Um Obviously, it's it's tough going 
side by side with Ed Ingram. You don't really know who's responsible for, you know, what kind of meltdown. But I do. I if Darisaw is out, I mean that that hurts. That that like that's significant because, I mean, if you have your bookend tackles, it can at least keep some of the pressure away. And, and Kurt can do you know whatever. But if but yeah, you can give more help inside because yeah. you have all the trust in the world on the outside on the on your tackles. And you know, so it's it is a lot harder. Uh, could be a could be a a good opportunity to pound the pound the ball with Alexander Madison though. Just line sure. up a bunch of bunch sure. of folks. Sure, <laughs> you want the pass yard game. gains. No, no, it's not that I want. It's not that I want it. We just our run game is just so bad. Like they have not fixed it in a year. Like, and, and I know we only have one game sample size this year, but like. The, the Bucks run defense isn't some like juggernaut. I know Vita Bay is a good player, so I'm not. I'm not. I was trying saying to they've been that. good in the past. Like the they've been top good, ten though. units. Oh yeah, you you're, know, right, you're, right, you're right. You're that right. You're right. That front seven's really strong. Um, well, Vita Bay, they like, were smacking us around. Some of the hits, like De- Devin White was was laying the wood. But we do. We definitely need a run game though. Run game needs to be better. I was so optimistic with that like first Madison run because it was like a seven yard gain and like there looked like there was a hole and yeah. I was like hell yeah. I mean I'm not hey I'm not <laughs> going to like say this like in like literal terms, but any three of us could have ran through that hole for five six yards. That, it was we're not going like down literally this was, hole again. I know it, I'm joking we- obviously, <laughs> but it was so big. Like I literally could see it from my seats, not on the jumbotron. I could see how big that hole was all the way down on the field for my seeds. It was massive. Like he had all the room to run there. Obviously I know we couldn't have done that. Like I get it, but it was just trying to make the point that it's a wide open hole for him to run through. And so I was like, shoot miles to your point. I was like, shoot, maybe we did fix this run game in a year. Maybe. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like everything after that was like, Oh, this is bad. (laughs) Yeah. I think the other point too, like that is a difference between the bucks game and this game is, as good as uh, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are, I think Devin Smith and AJ Brown are like, they're like, they're kind of like swapping places where I think um, like the Bucks, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin used to be one of the best duos in the league. And I still think they're really good, but like, I think Smith and AJ Brown might be the best duo in the league. If not, they're like mm-hmm. one of the top two or three Chase duos. Chase Higgins in, are up yeah, there. Chase yeah, Chase Higgins yeah. are, yeah. But like, otherwise, like they're, it's pretty damn close. And I, I think, and they're more explosive than I think, than the Bucks, the Bucks guys are. And I think that's the part that scares me the most is testing us downfield, um, in with switches and, and some of those things because we just don't have the same type of speed, um, to to compete in some of those areas. And so I'm I'm a little bit worried about some of the explosive passing game, yeah. um, because the Eagles usually tend to have our number on some of those on the last few times we've played them. And so um, my hope is they can at least mitigate some of the the explosive downfield plays. And we didn't, I don't think. Many teams ha- on Sunday, especially like the um, the Eagles with the rain, had as many big plays. So I would assume they're going to come out. Their, it's their season home opener Thursday night. They're going to probably come out and try to be as explosive early on as possible. I, I will be curious to see kind of how we choose to defend Philly because, I mean, yeah. last week versus the Bucks, we saw a lot of our secondary play, a lot of snaps in those games, including our guy Josh Metellus and um, – I don't know. I mean, you mentioned two of the guys, Devonta Smith and uh, and AJ Brown, but they also have Dallas Goddard, and that's mm-hmm. you know, he's a big physical tight end. He's in that TJ Hawkinson tier, um, and we spent this whole show so far talking about the defensive line, their weapons, but we're still not we still haven't even touched on Jalen Hurts. Like in the in the running for MVP last year, he's crushed us every time we've played him. Um, he he's an accurate passer. He can throw on the run. Um, he can scramble like he can do it all. And I think that's what really makes that Philadelphia Eagles offense so dangerous is the weapons combined with Jalen hurts. And so how you defend that, I'm glad I don't have that job uh, for tomorrow night. I just, I just get to watch. If they get into third and fourth and short, it's so hard to stop because of his, they're, they're like design QB run game is just so good. It's so good in those situations. And yeah. And, and he's, I mean, he would crush Ivan pace. <laughs> he just outrun. Him. I mean, I don't know. Pace, pace is <laughs> hey, pace. Play pace well, did play a really uh, good game. Yeah, he on did, Sunday. He did, really well, he did yeah. look really good. Yeah. But yeah, I don't, I don't know how you, isn't how it kind of nice to have like a young player like that though, that we like have, 
besides like the Addisons of the world, but like you're really excited about like, hey, this guy, I think someone said on Twitter, he might literally be the best linebacker on the team already. And that dude's right. an undrafted free agent rookie. And so it's just insane. But that's how good he played. It's it's always well, that's so how weird. These, that's how like good teams become good, right? Like you look at you look yeah. at all of these teams that like consistently are in the running. It's like they hit on these fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh rounders, undrafted free agents. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like we we never have done that, I felt like over the last X amount of year. I mean, obviously you have your one offs, you have Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielens, but like I just feel like we don't, especially in like the gritty positions like linebacker. Well, we, we lived had off, to overspend. We lived off of like that 2015 draft for so long. And like yeah. to your point, like we lived off the same the same guys from for like years. And which isn't so like just a bad last thing, year. But like it's yeah, it's not always a bad thing. Like, but we like cycled through the Anthony Harris's and the uh um uh Anderson Dejos of the world at safety, but like some of those other positions we really did struggle to like find. And I, so I'm, I'm with you on that. It's, it's nice to like have, have some of those late round guys be, uh, be high impact. Yeah. It, from, from the jump too, not like two or three year developments. It's like right away. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He, he was really fun to watch. He, again, he, everything that he did in preseason, he was kind of doing again, you know, mm-hmm. against real competition. I think the one thing that I just, it just baffles me sometimes when, like I, I still don't quite understand how he he fell to being an undrafted free agent. I, I, I can't wrap my head around that still, because we had still talked about him being like a day two mm-hmm. prospect here, and every mock draft if we could get him in like the fifth round, we were like hell yeah, we got a steal, and they somehow every team passed on him for three consecutive days, but uh, yeah, couldn't believe it. Yeah. He played really well, and it was between us and Tennessee. It sounds like to like sign him and 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 uh, as a priority Tennessee. <laughs> Gross. Well, um, he, sco- he scored money. a nine. He scored a ninety PFF rating in pass rush and seventy five overall. That's pretty damn good for your first game, yeah. especially he's as an undrafted free agent. Yeah, he's gonna be good, man. We got a we got a question here. How many games would it take for us to start lose to start tanking? Shit, lose tomorrow. I'm in. When's, whenever I, the trade deadline is, it's all about the trade deadline, in my opinion. But like, seven. also like, like NFL teams like don't tank. Like, I know some teams have been instructed to by their owners or whatever. It but would like, be after the San I, Fran game. But again, okay. like, it's like all of these guys have to like. What number of game put, is that? Seven, I think. I think it's that week, isn't it? Mm. Sorry, I feel like all of these guys need to like be able to put on like good film, right? Like they, they all have a job that they're playing for and whatnot. So it's like, nobody's like truly going to tank tank. Now, obviously, yes, offloading a bunch of good players will make it easier for our team to not win. Uh, but I, the players are still fighting for their jobs yeah. and their, and the coaches need to put out their best efforts possible. Right. So uh, yeah, players will never tank. It's not a player. Right. It's not tanking. Is not a player situation. Like imagine it's asking Josh Mattel, "Hey, are you going to tank this game, Josh Mattel?" Yeah. No. Yeah, like, I don't like care point, if he just like, got his new like, contract. Well, that's like point shaving, and like to, yeah. to a degree, I feel like that should be kind of more frowned upon than it actually gets. Right. But like at the same time, you know. Um, I did want to bring back the the segment we did last week because I thought it was kind of funny. Uh, with the chat GPT oh, trivia. <laughs> I was about to take out those headphones real quick. Uh, I'm going to go. I was like, all right, peace out. But I, I do have some. I do have some. So let me ask a few. Some of them that I think are right, we don't need to to talk through, I guess. First regular season game. I have no reason to believe that they would lie about this um, in 1962. Which quarterback holds the record for most passing yards in a single game between the Vikings and Eagles? Uh, that's Randall Cunningham. Randall Cunningham, yep. Um, all-time leading rusher for the Vikings in games versus the Eagles. AP. It, it does say it's AP. No idea if that's real. But... Are you going to let us answer, or are you just going to like re- run through it? Oh, all right. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a- no, I'm asking. Like, are you running through it, or are we like gonna actually like? No, I, I I'll let you answer. From here okay. on out. I'm sorry. I apologize. It, otherwise, it's not as fun. Yeah, I agree. Sorry. Poor hosting skills here. Uh, which wide receiver caught the game-winning touchdown pass for the Eagles in the miracle at the new Meadowlands game against the Vikings in 2010? 
Deshaun Jackson. Uh, yeah. Was it was it DJ? It is Deshaun Jackson, but I I don't think the Vikings were a part of that game. I would say they shouldn't have been. That, <laughs> that, that was, was versus Giants. the Giants, and that was a punt return. That was his punt return. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that doesn't sound right. Metal Um, how many Super Bowl championships have the Eagles won, and in which years? One in two thousand seventeen. Yep. It was the seventeen season. Eighteen. Yeah. 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 And then 1980 and 1960, which is the pre-Super Bowl era. Uh, who was the all-time leading passer for the Vikings in games against the Eagles? Fran? Yeah, maybe Fran or... Yep, Fran yeah. Tarkington. In 2018, this one's easy. Uh, in 2018, which Eagles quarterback led the team to a victory over the Vikings in the NFC Championship game? On their way to winning the Super Bowl, Nicky Foles. Nick Foles. Yes. By the way, I just uh, I just listened to um, like a reel and it was part of like a, a podcast, and they were talking to it was I think it was the Barstool guys maybe, but they were yeah. talking to yeah, uh, but they were talking to uh, Deion Sanders, and they called Nick Foles you know his his nickname that he earned after that Super Bowl run. And Dion like went off like I will never call another man that. <laughs> What's his nickname? Big Dick Nick. Oh, <laughs> too funny. Yeah, it was, it was actually hilarious. Dion was like offended. Yeah. Uh, three questions left. Two which have just outrageous answers. Uh, which former Vikings wide receiver famously mooned the crowd during a playoff game against the Eagles? <laughs> That one's funny. I love Chad GBT. It's great. Um, what is the nickname of the Eagles Stadium where they play their home games? The Link. Yep. Yeah, and link. then I, I don't think this is real, but for some reason I'm questioning myself. So, which Vikings quarterback set a franchise record by throwing for seven touchdowns in a single game against the Eagles in 2013? Not it said real. which Vikings quarterback? Yeah, and do you remember the 2013 season? Because I do. That I mean, was I know who was quarterback. <laughs> Christian and Ponder, he, Matt he, Castle, and yeah, and so uh, they definitely didn't throw any seven touchdowns. Yeah. Well, Those were the th- well, didn't Nick Foles throw for seven touchdowns at some point in his career, though? Yes, mm-hmm. it was versus. I forget who it was against, but uh, I remember who. Anyway, it obviously, wasn't a Vikings game. The 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 answer here is. In 2013, quarterback Matt Castle set the Vikings franchise record. Good for him. Yeah, <laughs> we should have we should have given him more credit back then. Uh, should have resigned him. Damn. Yeah. Shit. But well, I think that's about it. I think that's all I have. Unless there's anything else you guys want to chat about. Otherwise, we can uh, let's let's do some score predictions. We're all zero and one for the season. Uh, I, I I at least said it was gonna be a one score game. You want some bonus points or something? I mean, it's just, you know, I just need to make sure I have, understand it. I at least I have, understand that this, this team, even if they're not going to win. I have my notebook here. I'm trying to find. I know I know we did that bet. Where, where's our bet that we made this year? Alexander Madison, longest, longest run. That's right. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was going to be I like also, under 50 yards or something like that. I just said on score that if uh, Dalvin Cook was off the team, the Vikings wouldn't have a thousand yard rusher, and I'm feeling pretty good about that. Right yeah, I mean, now. you're on pace. You're on pace, but yeah, I think it's we could make a bet. We should make weekly bets, is what we should do. Okay. Uh, Jefferson and Addison. I'm going to say go for a combined 160. I'll take the under. I'll take the under there too. Okay. That's just a lot. I mean, Matt, I'm not saying it's not possible. If if Matt if Matt wins, I will buy anybody that comes out to the next uh, Lake Monster showing a beer. If Matt win, loses, Matt does that. Up to yep. three people. Up to three people. Three. All right, yeah. All right. I'm in. Sounds good. You guys got to come to the next Vikings hangout then. So I'll take the over on. We'll do a hundred and. Freddie, do you have the spread? What well, I do. It's a six and a half favorite. Do you know what the over under is? Forty nine. 
Oh, it moved to six and a half. Yeah, I think oh, with the okay. Bradbury news. With they, the, okay. Uh, oh, Bradbury on both sides. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna do so. One fifty nine and a half. You guys are taking the over. Under. I'm taking the or under. 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 I'm taking the over. Okay. Uh, yeah, Philly favored by six and a half as as of seven about twenty four hours from kickoff. Forty nine over under. What do you got, Ryan? Um. Gosh, I'm very tempted to steal listener born in Havermans or whatever uh, prediction of 35-10, but I think that's a little egregious. Um, yeah, I do believe we lose. I don't think like we. I, I don't think we cover. I believe we lose. I'll say a 35-17, 35-20, 35-20. I, so I will, we we will go on the over of the points total. I will let you like rescind your um your prediction because I didn't give you the weather if if that plays a factor. Mm. I mean, if it's what raining is, hard, obviously, what is it expected to be? It's supposed to be perfect out. Seventy nine, <laughs> a little windy, but sunny. A little windy. <laughs> Yeah, 30, I'll, I'll go 35 20. Okay, 35 20. Vikings lose, huh? Start no one, too. All right, Miles, what do you got? I will go 30 21. Eagles. You, you weren't peeking no Vikings, so I'm listening. <laughs> Jefferson's over under is 92.5. I might take that under. Well, I don't have a sponsorship for prize picks, but that's a, or any underdog fantasy, you name oh, it. Here, here he goes. But if anybody wants it, I have a, a promo code <laughs> I will send you. He sent it to me, and I was like, what am I doing? What am I supposed to do with this? And, and you still he didn't was, sign up, by the way. I know, I know. I didn't, I didn't want to. Did I win you any money? Remember I picked you some? Uh, it was very close. It was very close. So I think I we got our money back. But uh, we did not. We did not get the four hundred dollars. Got our money back. I would have split with you if we won. Um, I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna go thirty twenty-seven Vikings. I was was ready to sell. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I don't want to lose. Losing is depressing. I would love to win. I think. I think my my reasoning for that is is more so based on kind of what Josh Metellus was talking about when he was here with us, but this team has a very, very sour taste in their mouth. They can't win in Philadelphia. They want to, you know, A, win a game, but B, prove that they can beat Philly in Philly. And so I think they come out. I think Brian Flores and that aggressiveness can maybe help us out a little bit. Um, The key for me, though, is they just, they have to finish. They have got to finish with sacks with tackles you named it uh thank you very much skull for life barber i forgot to mention uh at 3100 subscribers we're giving away a lake monster hat this one right here um i have a clean one that i haven't worn but uh <laughs> yeah like and subscribe <laughs> yeah no, you, get my, gonna, you get my sweaty use yeah, yeah matt's gonna send his used hat to somebody so if anybody wants it um <laughs> But yeah, we have some week, shirt. We have some shirts too. If anybody has, we do. We do have shirts. So. Just, just keep liking and subscribing. We'll just give it all away. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think if if this team can finish their tackles, if they can actually sack the quarterback, um, just play sound football. Really, don't shoot yourself in the foot. We can, we can do it. It's oh, definitely yeah. possible. I, yeah, yeah, they can win this game. It's just they have to. The Vikings, again, we've talked about the margin for errors for the Vikings are a lot less than they are for other teams, especially mm-hmm. like a team like the Eagles. So, got to play more so worried about that defensive line of theirs. I know you guys talked about it before I jumped on today, but that's yeah. just – that's my biggest worry. I'm also worried about their offense just, like, grinding us down because they just have that ability. They have, they have the, like, infrastructure on offense to do that to teams, yeah. especially a team like us that isn't deep and – so we kind of have to play, you know, like more DBs in these scenarios and, and do those. Like we can't – I don't think we could effectively 
this isn't even a Josh Metellus issue. It's more of like a size issue. I don't think we could play Josh Metellus as many snaps this week um, as your second linebacker without getting destroyed in the run game. Because I, and again, it's not that I think it's not that Metellus can't hold up. It's just like, that's just harder. Like they're, they have more beef in the inside and like better at the run game than the, the Bucks are. And so I worry about that a little bit as well. I was going to close the show, but we got a question. That's a good question. It's the Vikings' best matchup in this game. That's what a really do you good want? One. I, I like do that. have. I could pull up something for you, quick. Give me if if what? Well, I'm gonna. Well, I'm, Miles, you kind of alluded to this earlier. It, it, opportunity for us to be able to do something, right? I think it's just our receiving room against their DB room. I know Slay got a big, like all the attention last year because he had a big game, right? But I think that if if you know, with Bradbury being not really, um, with Bradbury being out, um, and their other starting safety being out, I, I think that that's where, like, that's our best matchup is our our you know receiving weapons in general, receivers and you know Hawkinson or either any of our tight ends really uh, against their their secondary. I think is where we have an opportunity to do some damage. These are the if we can, grades, by if the we can block them long enough to throw the ball well. My other one would be our linebackers versus their their uh, running backs. I'm not oh, as like let me change it. Concerned about some of that. Like I think um, DeAndre Swift is a, like is good in the pass game. I think Boston Scott's good in the pass game, but I don't think those guys are um, so good, especially in the ground. Where I think I'm like as worried about the running backs versus our linebackers in, in a matchup. Well, and they have Penny. I mean, I know he didn't suit up last week, but. God, that is I, just some like horrible. And he was a healthy scratch. I'm, and he, I, I don't know. I think people. I, mean, are I think so... he is more of a healthy scratch because Boston Scott can play special teams that he can't. I bet he yeah. would have been like, like, but like, like I don't. And, and they knew they were going to do a heavy Gainwell game, but with Gainwell being out, I think he might. Get oh, he'll run. Especially I think, more I think, like I think he'll dress. Yeah, yeah, I think he'll dress. It's just I don't. I'm not like as worried about him. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But, all right. We got it. That's it. Um, <laughs> for people who are watching, again, thank you so much for joining us in the comments. We'll be back next Wednesday, 7 o'clock live show, recapping, um, well, probably previewing the Chargers game. We'll do a Monday morning recap uh, about this game. But also come back tomorrow night, Flip, Jason, maybe Matt Fries, Freese, is it actually how you say it? Um We'll be doing the final score following the Vikings game. It'll be a late one. That that team is ready and to give you some awesome content following the Vikings victory, I hope, over the Philadelphia so, Eagles. Um, hit that like and subscribe button, and we'll see you all next time. Until then, Skull Vikings.